Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 56% of job seekers say the biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications. This according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be lonely, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding that job that fits you. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location nearest you at ExpressPros.com. No fees for somebody seeking a job. Visit ExpressPros.com. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Fully assembled here. Fritzy's here. Paulie's here. Marvin in the man cave. Seaton joining us via Zoom. Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone call. Stat of the day. Play of the day. All of that forthcoming a little bit later on. Jaws. Former Eagles quarterback will join us. And Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk will stop by as well. We'll uh, get to your phone calls. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. DraftKings Sportsbook. Same game parlays. You can pocket more cash when you combine multiple bets from one game. Download the app. Sign up with the code PATRICK. Get a special offer. Restriction supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Recapping last night, the Packers are still alive. And uh, it's one of those where you go, hmm, what's the line on this one? Okay, Packers will cover them. What's the over-under on this? Oh, the Packers have first and goal at the Rams' one-yard line with 139 to go. They took a knee. Final score, 24-12. The total of 36, had they scored, it would have been 42. The over-under was around 40 and a half. That's actual sound of gamblers. Entertainment purposes only. But I always think about the guy who goes, oh, I'm going to lose this bet. uh, They're going to go, I got no shot here. They're going to score a touchdown. Matt LaFleur did say after the game that out of respect for the opponent, they decided not to go for the touchdown. Not sure what that means. Yes, Tom. Imagine the jubilation of that someone on the under. They're taking a knee. They're taking a knee. <laughs> Do you think that's actual sound yes. of somebody? Yes. Act, act, actually, I just I was just playing that off a recorder. The falsetto. They're taking a knee. They're taking a knee. Could be the under. You got it. <laughs> Green Bay has its work cut out for them. The Packers are a game behind the Seahawks and Lions in the hunt for the final playoff spot. Then you look at Green Bay's schedule. They got Miami in Miami coming up this next week. And then they host the Vikings and the much-improved Lions, who will be in the playoff chase. So it's not easy, but Aaron Rodgers said things are starting to go our way. Before the Bears week, we knew we had a bye afterwards, and, and those of us who sometimes peek ahead knew that we had to win five and then have a lot of things go our way. 
but we won two, and just about everything we've needed to happen has gone our way. Just about, right? So, things are looking up. Yeah, I kept wondering what was the problem to start the year. Now, the defense wasn't as formidable as I thought. You still had two good running backs. You had young receivers that needed a little bit of seasoning. That would have helped if Aaron Rodgers was there with them in the offseason or maybe the preseason. Now you're starting to see them do a little bit more here, a little bit more comfort level. Now, granted, you're facing the Rams, and that's a depleted offensive line. Baker Mayfield got roughed up. I think he got hit nine times last night. You don't have any skilled position players for the most part, and I'm not surprised Green Bay won it. You know, I'm still looking to see if Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the future for the Rams. Based off last night, it's hard to tell. You don't have Cooper Cup. Uh, The offensive line, they said they've had 14 different versions of their offensive (laughs) line so far. That's basically won a game, and uh, you can't build on any type of success there. But with Aaron Rodgers... You know, he threw an interception early, and other than that, you know, it was okay. They kind of went through the motions, and they did what they needed to do, and here's Green Bay still with a chance. But if you start to look at the NFC playoff picture, so you got the Buccaneers are 6-8, and eight, winning their division, or at least right now. The Giants are in there at uh, the number 6 spot. The Commanders are in the 7th spot. On the bubble, you got the Seahawks, the Lions, and uh, you got the Packers there. So the remaining schedule is the Lions have the Panthers at the Panthers. The Bears, they host them, then they're at Green Bay. Seahawks at the Chiefs, host the Jets, host the Rams. Packers at Miami, then they host the Vikings and the Lions. And then you have the Commanders, they're at the Niners, then they host the Browns, and then they host the Cowboys. Don't know what will be uh, at stake with the Cowboys in that final uh, game of the regular season. Also wondering about the Cowboys and the Eagles going into this game, coming up this weekend, starting to look like it's going to be Gardner Minshew instead of uh, Jalen Hurts. And I wondered, you know, the um, odds for the MVP right now, because this might take Jalen Hurts out of the uh, the number one spot there for MVP, or at least number two, because DraftKings, as of today, has Patrick Mahomes as the favorite. Then it's Josh Allen. Then it's Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Justin Jefferson. Those are the odds right now. And if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, which it doesn't look like he's going to, what if the Eagles win the game without Jalen Hurts? Then he's got no chance of winning the MVP. Feels like it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but uh, Jalen Hurts probably not going to play, at least in this game and maybe in the next game. Yeah, Paul. Do you think Hurts' MVP chances should be dinged if he misses? Let's say he misses the next two games. They're 13-1. and one. He put them in a position where these games don't matter. That, that should be what his work should be based on what he's done already. It's the haze in the barn, as they say. Mm. I, I think that's unfair. And I'm, you know, I, I'm fine with Mahomes, but. 13-1, this game does not matter this weekend. It does for the Cowboys. Well, they have to win one more. You want to make yeah. sure you get winning the division, and then you have home field advantage throughout. And that should be enough for Jalen Hurts to be the MVP. But it, Patrick Mahomes is a big favorite right now over uh, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts is just above Joe Burrow right now. And if he's not playing in these next two games... If they would happen to win those games, 
that would probably uh, be a knock on him with his MVP candidacy. All right. Uh, Stat of the day brought to you as always by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Poll question today. Seaton or, oh no, is it going to be Fritzy today? I could run with it. We've got a few of them. Uh, Paulie asks, which NFC team currently on the outside of the playoffs would do the most damage if they got in? Doing damage is important, Dan. Mm. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Seahawks, Seahawks, Lions, Lions, Packers. Outside the playoffs currently, but if they got in, they may uh, make a nice little run for themselves. I guess you would say the Packers only because you have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Lions with Jared Goff and the Seahawks with Geno. Um, it feels like the Lions are the best team out of those three. But if you're saying who would do the most damage, I, I would still go back to the Packers because with Rodgers, you know there's always a chance that he can win a game. I don't know if you feel that confident when you get into the playoffs with the other two quarterbacks. Anything else, Todd? Uh, a couple more. Which team in the hunt with a 500 record do you have the least faith in making the playoffs? Mm-hmm. All these teams are 7-7 seven and seven currently, not in the playoffs yet. Jets, Lions, Patriots, Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Which one do I have the least? The least faith in of those four teams. Which team that's in the hunt all have 7-7 seven and seven records? Which one is the last chance of getting in? Well, I have no confidence in the Jets with Zach Wilson and even with Mike White, but I have a little more confidence with Mike White. The Lions, uh, I w- Seahawks, Patriots. That's good. It's tricky. Requires some thought there. I like it. I thought you were going to give me a hard time and say, well, I would need to see their schedules the rest of the way to help me figure that out. But now you have to just do it without seeing the remaining. Well, uh, it would help if you gave that. That would, you but know. But that require extra effort. Who wants to do that? Exactly. It's the holidays. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. But it makes here. it more fun going just on the teams and you're not knowing who they're playing. Princey limping towards the finish line. Yeah, I am a little bit. There's that famous photo where Kellen Winslow is walking <laughs> off the field in Miami when the that. Chargers play the Dolphins. He's exhausted. That's Fritzy. He needs to be helped in because he's exhausted. I'm limping a little bit. Yes, you are. Yes, Seton. I'll throw one in there for you, Dan. Uh, poll question. Okay. Who is most at fault for the illegal formation penalty, Terry McLaurin or the ref? <laughs> I want to talk to Florio about this. I, I, here's a couple of things, and I said this, and I said this right after it happened. Does Terry McLaurin go to the official, the line judge, and go, "Am I on side?" Or am I set up okay with the formation? Because if you go and ask the official, am I, am I on sides here? Then I think the official should be able to tell you yes or no. If you go up and you say, hey, how am I on the formation? That to me is different. I had a problem with the official as if, and, and Florio pointed this out. It's almost like, you know, it, it, it was a, a cowboy going for his gun, his six-shooter, ready to throw the flag immediately as the ball is snapped. That's what I'd like to know. I'd like to know, what did McLaurin say to the official? Was this about being onside, or am I okay with the formation? Yes, Eden. Terry McLaurin is standing about five feet from the sideline. And on the sideline, there's yard markers, right? Yeah. The ball is on, like, say, the half-yard line, and he's lining up closer to the two-yard line. He's a good four feet off of where he's supposed to be. Okay. How is he not able to see that? He shouldn't have to ask the ref. 
hey, how far am I good or not? And if the ref says, no, you're not, move up a little bit, and then he still doesn't move up enough, how much is the ref supposed to help him get onside when all he has to do is look at the gigantic white line on the field and be like, oh, wow, I actually do look like I'm about three feet off of this. Maybe I should move up more. Wait, are you putting the blame on Terry McLaurin? Yeah, obviously. Oh, no, I thought you, yesterday you were putting it on the official. No, yesterday I put it on Terry McLaurin. Oh, but Seton Pro Shield protecting the refs. Never thought I'd see this day, even though he actually right. believes How about it. that? <laughs> yeah, because I said that yesterday. I, I, Terry McLaurin should know where he is. Yeah, that's the, what I said The yesterday. formation, that, that's what I, I had a problem with. You, I can't, as an official, I can't say to you, hey, uh, your formation is wrong. I can tell you if you're on sides or not. Yes, Paul. Here's the issue. In the post-game presser, Terry McLaurin was asked about the whole back and forth, back and forth. He says on the second time when he checked with the ref, if he was good, McLaurin says, the ref says, you were good. But what does that mean? Are you good on sides, off sides? What you, you know, Marvin, you, you've been on the sidelines. We've been on the sidelines. The, the uh, outside receiver does this on every single NFL play. He gives a quick hand nod, a head nod, hand gesture, and look to the ref. And the ref gives him like a hand signal or good. Thumbs up. I've heard it and seen it a thousand times. I know that. I'm talking about the formation. The formation doesn't work if McLaurin's not on the line. Oh, right. And that's why it's called. Correct. That By McLaurin not being on the line. Well, then I'm going to put it on McLaurin. If you don't know where the damn line is, yes, that's I thought it was saying. just about offsides. No. And then if that, that happens all the time. There, there has to be a receiver, not a tackle right. at the last, on the outside. Yeah, that's and by McLaurin sports. being a half yard back, there means, yeah. that means it's a legal formation. I mean, that to me is just common sense. Uh, where am I? Yes, Eden. So far, though, then you and I, Dan, are the only people in the world who think it's the player's fault because social media for the last 24 hours I know. has been like, what are you, an idiot? Of course it's the ref's fault. Yeah, I don't know. There are certain officials in certain sports who will help you. I understand that. They might say, hey, don't do that. I'm going to call that next time. Whatever it might be, I understand that. But in that situation, I just thought, all right, you go to the line of scrimmage. Do you know what the formation is? Do you know that you have to be on the line of scrimmage? And if you don't, then I'm going to put that on you. But you're right. I think we are in the minority here. I know uh, Florio thinks, you know, this is where you start to open up the, well, if an official wanted to fix a game, you could certainly do that. I don't want to open that up. Florio will join us next hour on this. Yes, Todd. I think in general, and I know we talked about this the other day, and this happens thousands of times, and it's very commonplace, there should be no communication between the player and the official. If you want to argue something, that's a different point. But am I in the right spot? Is my heel on the foul line? Am I in the batter's box? No, come on. It's just play the game. that You should have no. You should not be checking with the ref if you're lined up no, properly. I don't, I don't or any have a problem with a hitter or a pitcher saying to the umpire, if doing it in a way that you don't embarrass him, where you say, uh, where was that? He it's not might... the ref's responsibility. They got balls and strikes, and they got fouls to call. They can't worry about you knowing where you're supposed to line up. Am I over the line? Is my toe? That's your deal, and I'm going to call it either way. Once the play starts, it's either going to be for or against. Yes, Paul. I kind of agree with Fritzy in theory that you know checking with the refs that's not their job, but they have been doing it for 40 years that they've been checking with the refs. What the refs cannot do is let's say McLaurin wasn't up on the line, he can't interject. Yeah. Without being asked by the yes. wide receiver, he cannot do that. Yes. That is. Officially a rule. Yeah. Seaton. 
Right, because they're they're right now. There are people who play football or coach football who are absolutely losing their minds listening to this. Because <laughs> you're you're taught right, as I've been reminded no fewer than a thousand times. Uh, you're taught at every level of the game when you're out wide like that to check with the ref to make sure that you're good. That you're taught that I guess at Pop Warner at high school, like whatever level of the game you're playing, you're taught at a very early age check with the ref to make sure you're good. My problem is. There's a line right there. All you have to do is look down. If you're a slot receiver and you're closer to the middle of the field, I could understand how confusing it might get. Am I off here or am I lined up right? Am I on the line of scrimmage or not? Yes, Paul. Um, I could understand that. I, I looked at it one more time just to really double check it. The ball is at the half-yard line. McLaurin's heels are on the three. He's two yards from being on sides or making that illegal formation. And he he checks with the ref. The ref says something. It says something. And McLaurin moves up maybe maybe half a yard. He is still a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage, which would make that an illegal formation. All right, so, let me let me take a break here. Got people fired up over this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's what a great league. Seaton, it's you and me today. Get ready. Yep. Because it is a lonely world out there <laughs> when you're, when you're okay. blaming the player for the penalty. That, that's okay. That's okay. As we wind down the final couple of shows here, still searching for most valuable, least valuable, most improved, least improved, Danette. And still time to vote. We'll have the results on Thursday at the end of the show. Yes, Paul? I, I'm watching the video again. It's so funny because people are zapruitering it, like making it slow motion and, yeah. and sh- spot shadows. Once McLaurin moves up like six inches, I don't know what the ref says, but he's already got his hand on the flag before the ball snapped. Like he's like, this is oh, no. This he's is. like a gunslinger. Yeah. Like, you know, it's high noon. Yeah. Like, come on and let's draw. And he and he pulls out the flag like right away. All right, let me take a break. We'll get phone calls coming up. Settle on our poll question. A lot to talk about. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. 
You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. My younger brother was a member of the Kiss Army. And I kept telling him when we were growing up, I said, they're not a rock and roll band. They're playing the role of theater with rock and roll. But Kiss was unbelievably popular. Because, you know, I once again, I was stuck in my Zeppelin Stones, Who, and uh, he, was, he, he thought Kiss was better. And then uh, I said, no, nobody cares about Kiss's music. It's about, you know, the makeup. The performance. Uh, we did have a listener say, uh, Fritzy, would you like to get buried in your Denver Broncos gear? I don't think so, but if I was, it would, I'd go with the John Elway jersey. Okay. Like the bright orange one. Well, we need to know. if you When you die, what do we do? Yes, I, yes, he. Yeah, I guess the bright orange one. Yes, he. We had a uh, listener suggest that we bury Todd in his Bronco gear now. <laughs> oh. 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 In my Russell Wilson jersey. Well, they're dead. Yeah, the Broncos are dead. It could be for quite some time. Yeah. It's going to be a while before I rebuild that. Let's go to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host and contributor to Football Night in America. Oh, look who has got a oh, kiss, a kiss coffee cup. I've got it all. Not, not all of it. Not the coffin yet. But, yeah, I was a member of the KISS Army. I spent the $5. I had the badge. <laughs> I had all the stuff. When you're 10, 11 years old, mid-70s, yeah. turn on the Paul Lind Halloween special on ABC <laughs> at 8 p.m. Eastern on a Friday night, and these guys come out with the fire and the brimstone and the explosions. You don't care about the quality of music. You just this is awesome. There's nothing else like it. The music grows on you after about 20 years. The music <laughs> isn't great. The experience is what's great. I agree. I agree with that. Did you ever see Kiss in concert? Nine times. <laughs> you yeah, saw the best, one, the best one was in 1996 when they reunited and they put the makeup back on. I went up to Pittsburgh to see them with a good friend of mine. And it was like 20 years it just disappeared. They they could still move. Like I saw them a few years ago, and they're having a little trouble getting around the stage, you know. But but in '96 they could still actually move in those giant shoes, and and it was like seeing them in the '70s. So I saw them several times in the '70s, several times since then. I went to their most recent farewell tour because they've been on a farewell tour for the last 20 years, and and it, it really is tough to watch now. But it was magical back in the 90s and back in the 70s and 80s. Did you wear the makeup? No. Well, one time, one time. Halloween 1978, my sister put the Catman, Peter Chris, makeup on me for trick or treat. All right. That's all I wanted to talk to you about, That's Mike. Good. That's good. I got plenty of Kiss stuff. <laughs> hey, Kiss is indirectly to blame for profootballtalk.com because 21 years ago, when I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do in this business, I remembered what I heard Paul Stanley say 
early in the existence of KISS, they created the show that they would pay money to go see. And that's such a simple message to anyone who's in any type of service business. Make the thing, whatever it is, that you would be a customer of. Make it the way that you would want it if you were the one deciding where you're going to spend your time. And there's brilliance to that, and it worked. Music wasn't great, but... But it worked over the past 50 years. We're talking to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Chris Sims. That precedes us on Peacock. Before I get to the Commanders-Giants-Terry McLaurin controversy here, I was talking about Sean McVay. And I was wondering if he can see enough in Baker Mayfield over the next couple of weeks here that he would go, you know what, he's worth staying around for. Maybe that's my future here, depending on what happens with Matthew Stafford. And then I wondered... You know, the TV business had a big rate reset here in the offseason, Mike, with all of these jobs being filled up and everybody getting their money, that I wonder if Sean McVay has an opening here where he'd go, this is a soft landing right now because I don't want to stick around for this rebuild with the Rams. Your thoughts? Well, the question, Dan, is how long until they can rebuild? How long are the debts going to be paid for the Super Bowl that they won last year. Hey, horrible season this year. Your first round pick goes to Detroit as the last piece of the Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff swap. So you don't even get that. So they've got cap issues. They've got veteran contracts that are bloated. They don't have draft picks. They don't have a nucleus of young players that would be coming into their prime right now because they traded away all those first round picks. They haven't used a first round pick since the year they selected Jared Goff. And they ultimately gave up a first round pick to get his awful contract off the books as part of that Stafford trade. So it could take years for the Rams to turn it around. And you're right. McVay has to be thinking, number one, did I miss my chance with Amazon last year? Number two, is there another opportunity out there now? I mean, I don't know, Dan. Is a network going to tear up and eat one of these $15, $20 million contracts? Are they going to wedge him into the booth with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet? I could see Amazon maybe doing that, going with a three-man booth. Mm. So I, I, if I'm Sean McVay, I really wonder whether I did the right thing when I had the chance to jump. I wonder how long it's going to take to turn this team around, and maybe now is the time to walk away. And then come back, you know, 10, 15 years from now. All right, the Terry McLaurin situation here with the commanders. What did you see on that play? Well, I saw what we see at every level of football. Anyone who's paid any amount of attention to what happens out on the sidelines, you see the receiver go out, communicate with the official who's on that that line of scrimmage, and there's that back and forth, whether it's verbal or whether it's hand gestures or nodding or shaking to get properly lined up. I saw Terry McLaurin believing that he was getting guidance from the official who was there. I saw the official acting in a way as if he was communicating back to Terry McLaurin. But then all of a sudden you see the official. It's kind of like the guy who's out at the OK Corral and he's getting ready for the gunfight. He's got his hand. He's got his hand on the gun. He's ready to pull it. He puts his hand on his flag like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And it's just a bad look. I know that John Hussey, the referee, said after the game, there's no obligation on the part of the official to tell. But you, you surely can't mislead the player. It's one thing to say nothing. It's another thing to lead him to believe that you're okay. I'd love to hear what was said between the two men, if anything. 
But it just is a bad look when you consider there are many ways that one official can affect the outcome of a game. But when you throw that flag away from the action that takes a touchdown off the board in crunch time, that's a bad look for the NFL. And that was a moment, Dan, where I said, maybe they do need to worry about a potential Tim Donahue situation at some point. I'm not saying it's happening now, but that just shows you there are ways that one person can really affect the outcome of a game. I would think with all of these sidelines mic'd up, somebody, and, you know, two huge media uh, cities here playing one another, that that would be, we would have some kind of dialogue there that's on tape. Well, who would have it? Who would have custody of it? <laughs> the NFL. The exactly. NFL films, yes. Just like, just like the audio between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph that never came to light that was very controversial about what Mason Rudolph may have said or not said before he was whacked over the head with his own helmet. That audio never came to light, even though audio is everywhere. There there are microphones everywhere. Yeah, there's probably audio and we'll probably never hear. I'm wondering about Jalen Hurts. He's not playing, it looks like. Gardner Minshew is going to get the start. And if... Is Jalen Hurts going to lose the MVP because he's not playing in the next two games, perhaps? Well, I don't think it helps him because as of right now, and the way that this award goes, the quarterbacks of the two number one seeds are the two most likely candidates at the end of the day. Unless somebody does something crazy statistically, like if Justin Jefferson ends up with 2,000 or more yards and the Vikings are the two seed, then maybe you have to consider him. But it's either going to be – Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Joe Burrow, depending upon which team in the AFC is the one seed, or Jalen Hurts. So if Jalen Hurts is out, as the AFC race for the one seed comes to a crescendo, and we're going to see something spectacular from Allen or Mahomes or Burrow, it's going to be hard for Hurts to get enough votes when the dust settles if he hasn't played at the end of the regular season. And why play him? They're one game away, one win or a loss by the Vikings or 49ers or Cowboys from clinching the one seed, why take a chance? They can win with Gardner Minshew. So, yeah, I think it's going to cost him the MVP. Not that he cares about it. I think he cares about winning the Super Bowl. But, you know, a lot of people care about the MVP, and I think he's falling out of the race if he doesn't play. But how much of this do you think is the story that you can tell broadcasters, writers, about the MVP? That we, we love the story. We've taken Mahomes for granted now. He's graduated into that you know, he's like the Greek freak in uh, the NBA. Like, okay, nice story. Now we move on there. Um, how much is what we get, you know, the story behind that we haven't heard? Well, it's it's so odd because it is subjective. There are 50 different individuals who will have their vote. For the first time, it's not one vote per person. You put in five names and they get ranked almost like the Heisman. So it could it's at least going to get people some discussion and consideration. You know, Russell Wilson would have had an MVP vote by now if they had this system in place back when he was, you know, playing well. I, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to take a shot at Russell Wilson, but we're just stating the obvious. Yes, of course. Um, I, but I, I, I think it's it's become this pattern where it's a quarterback of one of the top seeds. That's just how it shakes out because the voting happens when immediately after the regular season ends. As we know what the playoff tree looks like, we know who's earned the buy. We have a certain amount of heightened respect for the quarterback of the team that has 
emerged from this morass of competitors to be the number one seed. Unless somebody does something statistically crazy, like Adrian Peterson 10 years ago, when he almost broke the single season rushing record and took it away from Peyton Manning, when Manning was the odds on MVP, that's the kind of thing that does it. Otherwise, it's quarterback, 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 quarterback. It just fits better. And there's no guidelines. There's no rules. It's just kind of how it goes. I was wondering about this last week that we have NBA, uh, you know, we've changed the uh, trophies and we've named them after, you know, great players, former great players. And if the NFL did this, the MVP, could you name it the Peyton Manning MVP? The Super Bowl MVP would be the Tom Brady Award. Well, it's already the Pete Rozelle Award, I think. See, the problem with naming things, what do you do 100 years from now? when or 200 years from now i always worry about that like what are they going to do when they have 10,000 busts in the hall of fame like you know like at some point retired jerseys i'm big on that like at some point like who's this jersey retired for somebody that nobody who is currently living can even remember i don't like naming the awards unless it truly is somebody that is going to be remembered 500 years from now. <laughs> I'm not worried about that because I won't be around to worry about that, <laughs> Mike. Come on. Like, we're, what's going to happen with all the garbage? It doesn't matter. We'll be dead. Okay. Should Peter Chris be able to wear his kiss makeup when he dies? Oh, gosh. I don't think he'd want to, but that really would be something. I wonder if Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, who have become so inextricably intertwined with their personas will choose to be buried in their makeup. That's the real question. Oh, Gene Simmons, I I would imagine, right? I I would think, I would think he and Paul Stanley would both be, be buried in their makeup. I think Gene Simmons will finagle it. So whatever mausoleum he's in will like, you know, once every hour, just have a giant fireball explode (laughs) at the top of it for eternity. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk to you. Happy holidays, Dan. Thank you, Mike. Mike Florio, you too. Uh, Pro Football Talk Live. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. He's the uh, former NFL quarterback, led the Eagles to the uh, NFC Championship and uh, and a Super Bowl. And uh, he, I think he finished third in the MVP race in 1980, Jaws. Ron Jaworski joining us. You finished third in the MVP race, 1980? That, that is correct. And uh, Brian Seip did win the uh, MVP award in 1981. And uh, Earl Campbell was second, and I finished third. Hmm. Were you bitter? Not bad. Not bad. Were you bitter? Not at all. No? Not at all. I won a few other awards. The uh, Maxwell Award as a Player of the Year. The Dunlop Award as the Professional Athlete of the Year. So, you know, the, o- the only thing is we didn't win the Super Bowl. And that's what it's all about. I, 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 I get a little bit perturbed sometimes when people talk about all these individual awards. And I'm just a huge believer football is the consummate team game. And I don't worry about, a, you know, who's winning the MVP after week eight. You know, who's, who's the MVP after the Super Bowl? To me, that's the most important thing. To, as you see, I got that Vince Lombardi trophy behind me. That's what it's all about, being the world champion. And when Philadelphia won the Super Bowl in Minnesota, and we had you on the next day. Yeah. You're pretty emotional. Well, I live in this town. I, I know how important it was for the people in this town to finally get to, you know, to be a world champion. There's been some setbacks along the way, and I, you know, being a part of this city for as long as I have been part of the Eagle organization, I was a, I was on the committee that hired Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, and Don Swolinski uh, brought me onto that. Even you know, I was through the through the whole interview process with assistant coaches and former head coaches, and you know, we made that decision. Uh, I still remember it very well. It, uh, we were at Jeffrey Lurie's house, the owner of the Eagles, and we took a picture. Uh, we took a picture of the group. We said, all right, if we win the Super Bowl, we all get a ring. So that, <laughs> you know, that was the most important thing. We covered the ring first, and uh, there's my replica Super Bowl trophy. So uh, it was it was great to be a part of it. And this city's on fire right now. It's a really good football team in Philadelphia. Any chance Hurts plays this weekend against the Cowboys? I would say zero, uh, but that's me. I'm not the doctor. Um, I, I had a broken shoulder. Uh, I remember uh, out of all plays, Dan, uh, the opening of the 1976 season. I'm going way back. Uh, I'm with the Los Angeles Rams. We open up at Fulton County Stadium, Atlanta, and on a quarterback sneak, oh. I jump over the top. Tommy Nobis hits me at the the peak of my jump, drives me into the ground, and and much like Jalen Hurts got hurt this week, you know that that shoulder hits the ground. You know you got a 250 pound guy falling on top of you, and that's what happens. In, in injuries happen that way. So uh, I was out six weeks, but I but I did have a slight fracture. Um, 
Jalen is one tough dude, man. He is having a, you know, he's having a, a MVP type season. Uh, to me, he would have been the leader. Now it's probably going to diminish that. But the main thing is, you know, be healthy going into the playoffs. And you got Gardner Minshew, who I think is extremely talented, uh, talented enough to be a starter in the league. Do you take that much of a what changes with Minshew there against the Cowboys? Well, the, the versatility of the offense. The, the, the one thing that uh, the Eagles have done is created this this kind of hybrid, new wave style of offense. The the basic mechanics of a, of a true NFL passing game and the Hertz has improved tremendously. You got great wide receivers and, and AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. And Dallas Goddard will be back this week. So there's a plethora of weapons to throw to. But don't forget that offensive line. You know, that the best offensive line in football. So, you know, the Eagles can throw the ball with anyone. They can run the ball with anyone. They can attack your sideline to sideline. What they will lose with Gardner Minshew is going to be that ability to run those zone reads and the RPOs and all those things that Jalen Hurts have become so proficient at. How good is Dallas? By the pause, you're probably you're probably wondering. You know, I actually I actually predicted Jacksonville to beat Dallas this week. Uh, probably one of the few guys that that made that prediction. I made it publicly. I do the Eagles pregame show uh, for NBC uh, locally, and I made that prediction because you know there was so much Micah Parsons talk last week. I said, you know, Dallas Cowboys better worry about the Jacksonville Jaguars, not the big upcoming Christmas Eve game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know, they were the ones that lost focus on that game, not the Philadelphia Eagles. You got to. I'm a big believer, Dan, and you, know, you you and I have worked together so many times. One play, one game at a time. You start looking down the road, that's when you find yourself in trouble. And the Dallas Cowboys were not focused against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I kind of sensed that prior to the week. I look at the tape. They're, they're not a great football team. They're a good football team, but they're going to have to play much better on both sides of the ball if they're going to, you know, obviously they're a playoff team. you got to get in the playoffs playing good football. They are not playing Dallas Cowboy good football right now. How co- how much confidence would you have in Dak Prescott? You know, I have he's an incredibly talented guy, uh, but I've always had him as a top ten guy. I mean, it seems like the last five or six years, I felt he's in that top ten, but he hasn't crept up near the top. You know, is he getting the top three, the top four, the top five? There, there's always a blemish in his game. A but what is he missing game. though, Jaws? I I don't know. I I really don't know, Dan, because I'm not there every day. Uh, and, and, you know, the, when you're around a guy every day, you kind of get a feel for what, what the strengths and weaknesses are. I can look at some mechanical things and say, hey, you know, uh, erratic throwing, not consistent accuracy, and you blame it to improper mechanics, things like that. Also doesn't have a real good – not a great receiving core, you know. Uh, you know, if you, if you look at look at Jalen Hurts and the receiving core he has in Philadelphia, wow, what a difference. Yeah. You know, there's C.D. Lamb and there's C.D. Lamb and there's C.D. Lamb. You know, there's really no one that scares you outside of C.D. Lamb. Take him away, Jane, and all of a sudden you got uh, a quarterback that becomes somewhat average. Help me understand the line of scrimmage with Terry McLaurin and asking the official if I'm good and then having some kind of communication, and then that official throws the flag for an illegal formation. What did you see on that play? Dan, we, we've seen it. I came in the league as a player in 1973, and I can remember the, the, the Jack Snows of the world was one of our wide receivers, and maybe throwing a Lance Rensel. Now I'm going in the way back machine here, Dan. And they'd line up and they'd look to the referee and they'd, they'd raise their hand. Is am I okay? And the ref would kind of nod, you're okay, or, or move up. I've seen that for ever since I came to the league in 73, and the ref would say, yeah, move up. You know, all of a sudden, you get in a crucial point in a game. You know, he looks over there. If he's, if he's off the line, well, first of all, you got to know how to line up properly. So I'm going to put some of the onus on McLaurin to learn know how to line up properly. But 
You know, sometimes you get in the heat of the game, you look out, so you want to be sure that you're online. All of a sudden, you know, he gets a penalty called against him at a most inopportune time. But I'm trying to understand that, that nonverbal, that you go, okay, am I good? And then the official, yeah. I guess, nud, you know, kind of says you got to nudge up a little bit, move up a little bit. And then plays called and he throws the flag right away. <laughs> well, I, he, he, well, he was getting ready to throw the flag before the, <laughs> before the ball was even snapped. So, that's true. Uh, it, was like, yep. well, yeah, it was like, wow, he's like really going to call this, you know? I mean, at, at that time in the game, yeah, I, I, it, was, it was an infraction. I get it. But I, I could probably show you a tape of probably about 20 or 30 of those every week where the guy's not perfectly lined up on the ball. Bill Belichick said after the loss against the Raiders that uh, why he didn't throw Hail Mary because Mac Jones didn't have the arm strength. They, it would have been a 55, 60-yard throw. Uh, Mac Jones said, you know, that wasn't the case. That's not the case there. I'm assuming most starting quarterbacks in the NFL can throw the ball 60 yards. Is that fair? I'm going to say 65. I, w- 65. I would say 65. I don't, I don't think there's probably a guy in this league that can't heave it, you know, 65 yards and get it as far as you need to get it. I mean, there are some guys throwing at 75 and 80. Those are the, the big cannon arms, and, you know, those guys have uh, a special talent. Obviously, we've seen historically Aaron Rodgers throwing at 70, 75 yards to win ball games in, in Hail Mary situations. That had to be one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. But do you buy that, that <laughs> Belichick, why wouldn't you throw – a hail mary. I I would I would have called a hail mary there. I mean, but but I think they actually he it was it was a give up play. They just don't ran the ball in the line of scrimmage, and you know it's kind of a a hope that he may break you know eleven tackles and score, which is not going to happen. Uh, I, you know, if it was up to me, I'd say hey, let, let's take it a shot and throw the hail mary here. Um, okay, is that crazier I, 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 that play than Herm Edwards scooping up the Larry Zonka fumble against the Giants, the Eagles against the Giants? Um, probably the 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 miracle of the Meadowlands is probably more bizarre because they did take a knee. The giant Zonka uh, Pasarczyk did take a knee, and Frank Lamaster came across the line and started a big skirmish. And the giant offensive line got all pissed off. And they say, "Hey, let's let's run a play. I want to I want to hit the damn." They they took a kneel down. They took a kneel down. The game was over. So the play they before the play before they, they took a knee, and then there was a penalty. That's no. There was a, just a skirmish. They oh, okay. Took, they took a yeah. Joe took a knee. Game was over. I had thrown an interception going into the red zone on a ball <laughs> off Perry Harrington's hand. By the way, it was a good throw. Of course, of course, it was a great <laughs> throw. <laughs> of course, it was. The end. It was a very accurate throw off his hands. And I'm I'm sitting down at the end of the bench. Actually, I didn't even know really what happened until that night when I you know got back and 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 watched the uh, the news. Uh, but they they took a knee. The game was over. Frank Lamaster comes, started pushing and shoving. You know, all of a sudden, all the giant guys at Silent are yelling. The offense lines, let's run a play. I want to I want to hit Lamaster. You know, kind of like really stupid. You know, so Joe knew he, he had gotten in trouble the week before on another play. So it was a very bizarre happening. He he thought Zonk was going to get the ball. Zonk said it was, thought Joe was going to take a knee, and the ball you know burnt. In fact, the Manning pass. The Manning. Uh, Show is going to have a, a, a kind of a Herman there. I think it's coming up soon. It's, it, it, I've seen the preview. It's pretty awesome. Great to talk to you as always, Jaws. Hope you're doing well, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, doing great, Dan. Good to see you. Thank you. Happy holidays. That's Ron Jaworski. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.